Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Oilers. Now, you know, listening to Eileen Bell uh, during uh, the news and a little bit of sports there talking about uh, soccer. And uh, I, I forget the individual that uh, she, had, she was doing the clip with, and he referenced, uh, you know, how supportive Edmonton had been for uh, Canadian soccer over the years and went back uh, into the early 2000s. I think there's some of you right now driving around Edmonton or listening to others now that would remember when Canada played Brazil just before the 1994 World Cup at Commonwealth Stadium. 50,000-plus fans, and Canada tied Brazil 1-1. Now, legend has it that maybe the boys from Brazil maybe had a little bit of a good time the night before the game. They did go on to win the World Cup that year in 1994. So... And for my Italian friends like Dino and Joe Cairo and Gene Principe, they are still lamenting the fact that uh, Roberto Baggio, he of the, uh, what do they used to call the the little hairdo at the back type thing going on, uh, he missed uh, the penalty or they, they went to kicks anyways, and he missed one. But uh, yeah, Canada actually tied Brazil 1-1 in 1994. I don't think Louis, Louis DeBrusque was an Edmonton Oiler at that time. I doubt very much that he went to that game. Louis is a huge sports fan, and uh, he joins us regularly on Oiters Now. This is the second hour of Oiters Now, brought to you by Digitex, Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Louis DeBrus' appearances are brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. We head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, Louis DeBrus. Hi, Louis. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. How are you? Good. Did you know, like, I mean, when you think soccer, is Brazil one of the first teams you think of? Absolutely. My brother-in-law is Brazilian, so he doesn't let me not think about soccer when I'm talking to him. But uh, it's they're as, if not more passionate about soccer than we are about hockey here in Canada. It's uh, it's their that's their lifeline. They're mega passionate about it. Rodrigo's no different. He uh, it's kind of fun watching him watch his team a little bit. He gets pretty animated when he's watching soccer. He was a soccer player himself, so he's really uh, into the game and. Yeah, you know, I think Italy too. You know, Italy for that comes up to in my mind as well. Obviously, hanging around Gene Principe, he he lets me know about the Italian team who uh, he's followed for his whole life. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tie this back to hockey. I'm gonna circle this around here today. Uh, Alfonso Davies was commenting on some of his Bayern Munich uh, teammates, spoke a little.
little bit of fun with him about Canada. And all I was thinking of, the irony of the fact that the best Canadian player who grew up here at Edmonton, the best he's already the best Canadian player that's ever played. I mean, he's won a Champions League title and multiple uh, league championships with Bayern. Now, people say Bayern wins every year, so it doesn't really count. But anyhow, I digress. The irony that he's there playing for Bayern, a kid from Edmonton, and then we got a guy from Cologne, Germany, who's currently leading the NHL scoring uh, on the Edmonton Oilers and going to be, you know, in the same pool as Canada in the upcoming Olympics, Leon Dreisaitl. Small world, isn't it? Well, great to see. You know what, I think that, uh, you know, obviously you think of certain countries with respect to certain sports, but I love the fact that different countries are getting involved in all the different sports and you're seeing players come from every walk of life and every part of the world, which is awesome. I think that's great and you know, for the NHL, no different. I think it's uh, it's impressive, and obviously the season that Leon's having this year to start things off, along with Connor. I mean, what can you say? I mean, we 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 get a chance to talk about them on a nightly basis, and. On a nightly basis, they surprise us even more, which is pretty incredible. It is. It is incredible. Uh, Fear the Finn, Phil, who's a San Jose Sharks fan, and by the way, the Sharks have been a big surprise this year so far, uh, yeah, says, uh, Bob, I'm going to pay homage to you here. I remember I was at that game. Brazil didn't get any calls. Because <laughs> we talk about the more skilled team sometimes, the more skilled players not getting any calls. All right, let's get it. Uh, by the way. Are you talking about the Brazil-Canada game back in? Uh, he's having fun at, at my expense is what he's doing. I went to that game, actually. I was at that game. You were at, you, you were at that yeah. game? Yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, my uh, wife now was my girlfriend at the time. But we, <laughs> we went to the soccer game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know what? It was on a whim too. We just heard that there was a soccer game there. We were literally ten minutes away. Said, "Let's go!" And we went. Come on! It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was really cool to see. It was wicked. Well, there you go. I the things. I Louis, we've had you on the show for several years now. You and me have had countless conversations. Someday you're stuck having to drive me to uh, the arena. Some days I take you out to the airport. We've never discussed the fact that you had a brother-in-law that was from Brazil, or that you ended up at that. Okay, that's that's hilarious. Uh, I was something's close to the vest. Well, there you go. You know, I, I know exactly where I was on June fifth, nineteen ninety four. I can tell you that. Uh, trying to trying to make sure that the guys that were stoned on my tree planting crew weren't driving that night. So, uh, anyhow, uh, not, not that that ever happened. All right, hey, uh, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, yes. Uh, so let's let's get it back on the rails here. By the way, Mark Messier was on today at twelve fifteen. Glenn Sather is on at one thirty five. Glenn Sather traded Mark Messier, and you were part of that deal, and you were the biggest part of that trade, were you not? Maybe literally the biggest part of the trade. <laughs> Slatsy always said I had a problem with that weight. I had to keep it down. He was always on me. But you know what? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously uh, being part of that deal, even being mentioned the same sentence as Mark Messi, I understood what was going on when I came to Edmonton. I didn't really, to be honest with you, Bob, and you and I have talked about this, I didn't really think about it much at the time because I was just concerned as a 20-year-old trying to make the Edmonton Oilers and play in the NHL. But uh you know what? I've gotten to bump into Mark uh, a bunch of times over the years. I got to play a charity game up in Slave Lake with him, which was great. Had a, a nice photograph taken with him. And I've always, you know, been um, a big fan of Messes and, and what he did for the Oilers. And I heard all the stories over and over and over again. I'm looking forward to hearing a bunch more stories tonight, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a good time. Um, and as for Glenn Sather, I mean, he played a central part. And, you know, you playing 400-plus games in your NHL career. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I remember that clear as day, obviously being involved in a trade like that, but being traded for the first time, period. Uh, I had just been sent down to Binghamton. I was called into the office. Gwen Sather was on the phone, and he said, hey, listen, um, you're a big part of this deal. We're going to bring you right to Edmonton, and that was all I needed to hear because I'd put a few years into trying to make the New York Rangers, and I really felt that I was going to get games that year. And, you know, when you're with an organization, there's a comfort level, and you're, you just feel like you're kind of part of the organization. And I thought, you know what, if I do my, my thing down in the AHL, I will get some games up that year. But the fact that I got to step right in and play some NHL games with Edmonton, who were obviously in a big rebuilding stage at that time. And unfortunately, we call those years the dark years, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I would not change a thing. I would go back and do it exactly the same way, maybe change a few things, Bob, obviously. But uh, I love my time in Edmonton. I still live here. And for me, it was the start of my career. So I have nothing but positives to talk about it. Tonight and a large part of tomorrow are about Kevin Lowe. We'll get to the team in the here and now afterwards, but just a thought on uh, on Kevin yeah. and, and that legendary competitive fire that he has. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I got to watch him on a nightly basis, you know, coming into the league and, you know, him being our captain and just watching what he did and, and how he went about business. You know, for me, um, I only got to spend that first first year with him and then he went off to the range and then he came back and I got to play with him again. And what I remember mostly, and I've told you this story many times before, he grabbed me one day. I was, you know, coming in every day late for my treatment. I'd separated my shoulder trying to hit Sandlack, and, you know, I was in there getting treatment. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'd never had treatment like that before. And his brother, Ken, who was the head athletic therapist at the time, was uh, was not too happy with me. So he's, he sick Kevin on me and said, hey, like, go talk to that young man before I wring his neck. So he, he, he talked to me about the importance of coming in, making sure you're on time, the schedules. He's got a lot of people he has to deal with. But then he says, you're going to work out with me today. And he was injured at the time as well, and he put me through I had never done a bike test, a bike ride like that before ever in my life. And it was a grueling 45-minute sprint program. I don't even know how many sprints we did, but they were all out as hard as you can go. And he looked at me and said, that's only part of it. That's that's how hard you have to work out off the ice to be ready when you go on the ice. And that always stuck with me. And I, and I always continued that throughout my career. Um, you know, as far as, you know, how hard I rode the bike and how much you had to work out off the ice to be able to be ready to play on the ice. And he just instilled that in you. The other thing, too, is, and I've talked to you about this before, these guys have won five Stanley Cups. I come to Edmonton. I mean, everybody knew about the Edmonton Oilers. They knew about the dynasty. They knew what they had done. They probably should have won seven or eight Cups. I mean, they were that good of a team. And, you know, they welcomed me with open arms. And I think at that year, my first year, I was one of the youngest, not the youngest guy in the team, at 20. And, you know, you'd step on the bus, we'd go on a road trip, and Kevin or Craig McTavish or Bucky or Tick or somebody would step up and say, okay, um, lobby at 6. And they would point right at you, tap you on the shoulder and say, lobby at 6 o'clock. And you'd be like, okay, no questions asked. That's where you're going to be. And there'd be 15 guys going out for dinner. It was just, it was just such a tight-knit group. And they carried that over. And I'll never forget that. We were, we were a really tight team. We struggled for those six years, I'm not going to lie. But we were really tight, and I, that, I don't think I know for a fact that was carried over from that dynasty and why that team was so good. They were the best players ever in the world, but they were the closest team in the world, too, and it showed. We are joined right now by Louis Dubrovsky, who uh, joins us every Thursday in Oilers Now, courtesy of GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com. All right, well, the Oilers, they got a couple diesels driving the train right now, to say the least. Oh. Uh, 
now are you so, diesels. I, I kind of would use a different word maybe jet fuel yeah but for yeah but you know what when leon gets going though he's like a big diesel though you can't pull him down you can't take the puck up so yeah i can see that for sure i'll, I'll give you that one for sure i'm not surprised they're eight and one I thought they'd win 50-plus games this year. I still think they're going to win 50-plus games. They had a favorable schedule to start. Uh, your thoughts on the 8-1 start so far? Well, you know what? It's great. Obviously, you hear the, the message coming out of the room. I like how the players are, are not satisfied, and they're not letting the highs get too high. Obviously, they haven't had many lows this season. They've had one loss, but they're keeping it pretty even keel. And I think the the mentality is always trying to improve on the game and be better and have a complete game. And even from Dave Tippett right down through the players, you can, you can hear it resonate. Even Duncan Keith, who's been around for a long time, isn't afraid to say we didn't play very well tonight, but we found a way to win because of the talent, the players we have in this room, we can, we can muck out a win when maybe it's not the prettiest of games. I truly don't think they put a complete game together yet this year. And I think that any player to a man in that room would say the same thing. And I think that's what they're striving towards is a consistent game that they can play night in, night out and, you know, not have a little bit of the roller coaster rides that go on throughout some of the games. Um, just mismanaging the puck, breaking out the puck a little cleaner, controlling the neutral zone, being aggressive on the forecheck, just those consistent attributes that good teams have on a nightly basis. It's really hard to do over 82 games. I understand that, but I, I get the feeling that this team is striving to try and become that on a nightly basis, and it's a work in progress, and we get to watch it um, unfold in front of our eyes each and every night. There's no question this is a dynamic team. You look at the depth they have in their top nine especially, it's matches up against anybody in the league. The defense corps has been bolstered with a second pair that's new to the team this year and Keith and CeCe. Um, the goaltending, Mike Smith being injured, Miko Koskin has been rejuvenated this year and he's coming to give them excellent goaltending, which has been impressive. And I know that was a big question mark coming in and good on him with the pressure that he feels every day to be able to step in there and just provide that solid goaltending. I think it's a real boost to his confidence. I like the start so far. I don't think there's been in any, any part in any game, Bob, where they've had to really buckle down and push so to speak they did against the flyers they almost came back and and were able to tie that game multiple times carter hart had a terrific game and you got to give him credit for that tip his hat but they're able to kind of control games and um, that's the biggest asset they have is that whatever time in the game it is they can control it in the sense that if they need a goal they can ratchet up if they need to defend they can do that and they're working on all those aspects of the game right now it's good. You know, you're never going to apologize for being 8-1 to start the season. I'll tell you what, that's a terrific start. Every single team will tell you they want to come out of the gates and start well. It just builds the confidence and gives you that buffer because you know there are going to be stretches throughout the season where it's a grind and maybe you come into a tough stretch. But I like what I've seen so far, but I'm like the players. I'm like Dave Tippett. There's aspects of the game that I certainly think can be tweaked and, and be better at, and then that'll make them that much more of a difficult team to play against. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel. Louis, there's a couple other things I just want to hit on here. Good signs. And, and you know, you had Yamamoto struggling a bit for offense. Nugent Hopkins hasn't scored a goal, even though he's leading the league in assists. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl sitting there. He's got two goals against Seattle. Uh, <laughs> And he's dish, and he's back to back like he dishes off against Seattle and sets up Yamo for a breakaway. Then he tried forcing a puck through to Nuge instead of taking a shot. And then last night, obviously, you know the, the most blatant example, empty net. He's he's on his forehand. That said, he's got as good a backhanded pass as there is in the league, but. You know, he sifts a pass across to Paul Yarvey, who's uh, been a little bit cold of late, so he can get an empty netter when he's sitting on two goals. What does that say? 
I, just, I think it says a lot, and, I, and I'm not surprised at all because you look at the unselfishness of Connor McDavid, Leon as well. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who throughout his career, has not been a selfish player. They can be selfish when they need to be selfish, like the goal Drysaddle scored. You know, he took that drop pass from McDavid, and they had forced a bunch of passes throughout that game, I yep. thought, and passed up some really good opportunities to shoot the puck. But, you know, it's hard to critique it because you're like, okay, these guys are going to find a way eventually, and that's exactly what happened. He found a way. He was like, okay, you know what? We've tried some things. You got, you have to tip the hat to Nashville. They had some good sticks. They had big bodies that were in the lanes. They played a real defensive structure. Um, they knew they had to, and they did. They were doing a great job until he goes down and rips that one. And, you know, that's the shot that he has. And I, I think, like I said, that whatever aspect is happening in the game or whatever situation arises in the game, they can, they can kind of manifest into what they need to be to play that style of game. Um, I think, again, just going back, I think they want to try and have a consistent game plan throughout 60 minutes that they can kind of manage and maybe not have as up and a down. But they've been able to control it. They've been able to control those dips and valleys and, and peaks and, and come out winner of eight of nine so you can't really critique too much but uh, i just think that that unselfishness down the lineup they want other players to be successful they want other players to feel good because they know that they're only as strong as their sum and they need to have everybody involved and i think more so now than ever bob i i you know you look down the lineup you see zach kyman injected in warm full comes in Derek ryan comes in you know you're filling in key roles in your forward group it gives you that much more depth yes a pull yard we got off to a great start it was a little cold in the goal scoring department yeah Yamamoto hadn't scored until two games ago. These players recognize that more than anybody. The star players are always, they've always had a great feel, the pulse of a team and who's going, who's not. And they will sacrifice a hat trick two games in a row to try and get somebody else on the board so that they feel good, which makes their team that much better. I just think that's a sign of leadership. I think it's a sign of a team that's bonding and coming together even more. And they're in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. Louie, we'll see you tonight. All right, take care, bud. From NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel, that's Louis DeBrusque closing in on 123 in Edmonton. And when we come back... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On Oilers now, we'll get to our prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. I think there's still a couple stragglers available for tomorrow's game. The Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers tickets available at edmontonoilers.com. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 124 in Edmonton. You already know the cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but did you know that Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10 times 
President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. What does that mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, and making sure advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes, with the exception of GST. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the Gang, at Brent Ridge Ford at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Uh, we will go into the Ashley Fine Floors text line momentarily, but not before. We head off to the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It's brought to you Tuesday and Thursday in Oilers Now by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit ScottArthurMillwork.com. And here's Brendan Escott. All right. Well, today let's look at Brandon Lazowski of the Saskatoon Blades. 17-year-old, a bit of an undersized winger who put up eight goals and 17 points in 24 games last season. This year, he's already at seven goals through his first 12 games, which Saskatoon, by the way, have resided in the CH Dolls uh, top 10 rankings for. Lazowski was the Blades' ninth overall pick in the uh, 2019 Bantam Draft, was ranked 28th this year by Craig Button in his preliminary draft rankings. Should get a chance to see him coming up pretty soon in the Oil Kings schedule, I would think. Or the- yeah, I don't know when they play, but I'm happy for Colin Priester and Dan Tenser, who uh, are the management and uh, head scout uh, for that respective organization for the Saskatoon Blades. So we'll see where they go. Uh, Oil Kings making a trade yesterday, by the way, getting Cole Miller from the Lethbridge Hurricanes, a former first-round pick. Uh, it sounded like Miller's preference was not to have played in Lethbridge. Oil Kings gave up a second and fourth. I expect them in the lineup this weekend with the home-and-home with the Calgary Hitmen. All right, as promised, let's get to the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, as a big fan of Darnell Nurse, I hate to say this, but in the national game, I saw three or four examples where Nurse seemed to be selfish and the result in each case was not positive for the Oilers. Um, I would say that Darnell Nurse was trying to do too much. I don't think he was selfish. Um, I think that sometimes like when Darnell plays with Tyson Berry and Berry's an experienced veteran defenseman, maybe you just, you know what, he knows that Tyson can move the puck, and he's done, and I think that at times when he plays with Bouchard, even though I think we've all figured out that even Bouchard can certainly transition it, there you could make the argument there were a couple times last night that the easier play for Darnell was getting the puck to Bouchard and then having Bouchard transition it up the ice, but I think that's just part of Darnell trying to do too much more than anything else. I don't think it's selfishness. Uh, it's To me, it's more about decision-making and also the fact that he wants to uh, insulate the younger defenseman. And I would it would not surprise me if 10 to 15 games from now, he's making that easy pass to Bouchard and getting Bouchard the puck up the ice. This texter, Stephen from BC, says, if Ken Holland wants to win the Cup this year, he needs a great goalie. Uh, I don't know how many teams are trading great goalies. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Kevin Woodley was on the Canucks broadcast the other night. He does Jason Greger's show, and he was talking about his top five goaltenders. And he had Shastork and maybe number one in the entire league. I know he had Thatcher Demko in the top five as well. Uh, can't argue with what Edmonton's gotten out of Miko Koskinen, but, but you can easily make the argument as an Oilers fan that the Oilers goaltending didn't steal him any games in the last two playoff years. That is fair. Again, you can text us. It's, or, okay, uh, Michael says, Bob, I think it's uh, the texture regarding Darnell Nurse was uh, the play at the blue line uh, where it looked like the puck was going uh, to Hyman. 
Uh, yeah, there was a shorthanded situation where they had a three-on-two and it got dropped back. And again, Darnell's jumping up. That's part of uh, who he uh, uh, who he who he was trying to make happen there. Let's just put it that way. I think Darnell was trying to uh, be a, again assertiveness. This texter comes in saying, "Bob, there's definitely a real maturity that has come with today's young superstars on the out orders to make them the team they are this year, uh, more so than any other year, and more than anybody could have imagined." And that's creating uh, their success, in my opinion. While there's certainly a selflessness about how they're playing, they're sharing the puck, and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how far they can go during the course of the year. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, the architect here on Hall of Fame week, Glenn Sather on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.